This is Ali Anukwe. I'm on the Real Jason Duncan show, The Root of All Success. We were talking about exiting without exiting. Um, you know, love the experience and, and, and much appreciated being on the show. Welcome to The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Welcome back to another episode. It's your pal, the real Jason Duncan. I'm really glad you're here. I have got a guy on the show today that I met through Instagram. I love Instagram. And if you're not following me on Instagram, go follow me right now at the real Jason Duncan. Let's connect. Send me a DM. Let me know you heard the show. But I met this guy as I meet dozens of other people on Instagram. I saw a reel, a video that somebody did of him. He's sitting in his vehicle, very expensive vehicle, which we'll talk about on the show a little bit. He's sitting in his vehicle and somebody's interviewing about how he created his business. And what he said caught my attention because what he said was, I did it by not being the operator of the business. I did it by, and he didn't use the phrase, but he said, I did it by exit without exiting. And that's my thing, of course. But as he described it, that's what he was dealing with. That's what he did. And so I immediately sent him a DM and said, hey, dude, I know we don't know each other, but what you said in that video was amazing. That's exactly what I write about in my book. That's what I talk about. I would love to have you on my show. And so today I have him on the show. His name is Oni Odunakwe. And I hope I'm saying that right. Oni Odunakwe. He lives in Dallas and he has built a a phenomenally, amazingly successful business in his few short years on this planet. He's a very young guy still. And I'm going to talk in the show about how he goes from a Honda to a Ferrari. So please help me welcome Oni to the show. Hey, man, welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. Awesome day. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So as I said in the intro, uh, the way we got connected is, you know, I, I spent a lot of time on Instagram um, and, and I saw a reel that somebody had recorded. It wasn't even yours. It was somebody else's reel talking to you. I think you were driving. Um, if I remember the video right, you were driving a Bentley. Um, I, do you have a Bentley? Is that, does that it's, bring it's a, a Rolls Royce uh, Cullinan. Okay. So Bentley and Rolls Royce for people that don't own them, they look the same. <laughs> <They look laughs> so I don't own one. So obviously I don't know. So you're driving a Rolls Royce Cullinan, which is their SUV and somebody's interviewing you through the window about, you know, how you made your money. And, and, uh, and, and I, I thought the way you talked about um, how you built your businesses to run without you, I said, dude, this guy and I are working from the same playbook because I teach exit without exiting, like my T-shirt says. And that's what you that's how you built your business. So I reached out to you. And now here we are having the conversation. You're in Dallas. I'm in Nashville. So, man, tell me, tell everybody a little bit about um, who you are, how you got started as an entrepreneur. Kind of start there. And then I want to kind of dig in a little bit deeper about your success. Awesome. I uh, appreciate it. So, um 
just turned 36 a couple weeks ago. Uh, how I started, you know, I was uh, went to the college of the University of Arkansas and um, had an opportunity to, you know, basically get into a supplement franchise at the time. I was an uh, amateur bodybuilder and a lady wanted to sell her, you know, supplement franchise. So obviously I didn't have any money. I was 21 and convinced her to owners finance it to me uh, over like five years. Uh, did really well with it and ended up, um, you know, basically being able to pay it off, you know, within like 18 months. So I went to go open a second location. The second location was too large. Didn't really know what to do with the space between like a fitness studio or something else and randomly decided like, hey, I'll do a tanning salon in the space with the supplements. Because if you care about what you look like, the demographic of where I was at is like 97% white. So it made sense. And uh, tanning took off, ended up selling the um, supplement store the day that I like retired from like bodybuilding in 2016. So I just went forward with um, with with the tanning. So the supplements, what kind of supplements were they? Just vitam vitamins and that type of thing. It's like a GNC, basically. Okay, so you were selling a you had a supplement store like a GNC, a competitor to them, um, and so you went into tanning only because the space was too big for a supplement store, and you had room to put tanning beds in. And exactly. you're in a you're in a, a, a mostly white area, which white people are primarily the customers of tanning salons, I would imagine. So, so white people are wanting to go tanning. You're like, Hey, here's an opportunity. Let's, let's open up a tanning salon. And that was in 2016. Is that what you said? No, no, no. And, and that was in 2020 or 2009. Oh, oh, nine. 2016 is when I sold the supplement store and focused strictly on tanning. Okay. So from nine to 16, so for seven years, you were doing a little bit of both. Yes. And then, and then the tanning just kind of took off and you said, Hey, the supplement thing, I don't need to, I don't need to do that anymore. When you exited the supplement company, was that a was that a pretty good exit, or was it pretty much just unloading it and move, you know, taking it and transferring your cash over to the tanning stuff? No, I mean I sold it, um, but it was um, you know it wasn't like a super profitable exit. Supplement stores are you know saturated, and uh, it's also retail. You know, I'm, I'm big on. Um, I, I anytime anybody asks me for advice, I always say you know never retail, always services. So um, you know, retail is just. We we did well because, you know, I was Mr. Arkansas um, bodybuilding champ at the time. And that was how, you know, the supplement store was called Mr. O's Nutrition. I was Mr. O. So it's kind of like went hand in hand. But whenever I decided I was going to retire from bodybuilding um, in 2016, I just knew that we no longer had the uh, the marketing there because the reason why I did well was because I was actively bodybuilding. So you, your bodybuilding and the supplement kind of worked hand in hand. So that worked. Um, tanning in a way also kind of works in that industry a little bit, but the, but the supplements definitely right there. Congrats, by the way, I didn't know the, about the Mr. Arkansas thing. So that's, yeah, that's kind of cool. That's uh, so what's it like being the bodybuilding champion and you're have Mr. Arkansas. What's, what's that feel like? Um, it was just, a, I mean, it, it was cool. I mean, it's uh it's, it's different. You'd be surprised how many, you know, uh, bodybuilding fans there are so you know you like going somewhere and people recognize you or whatever but um you know it was, it was it was cool i mean it was just a goal that i had and uh since i was you know since probably 2008 when i started bodybuilding and ended up winning in 2015 and 16 and um so no, it was it was it was nice so you still still trying to keep it all uh, all tight high and tight <laughs> still working out all the time 
No, I, I actually have not um, lifted weights in seven years. So I, I just uh, strictly do cardio and that's it. So cardio, what kind of cardio is you doing on a regular stay basis? Separate, stay separate 45 minutes, you know, four to five days a week. That's, that's all I do. <laughs> wow. And you do that at your house? Um, I just actually just bought one for my house, um, but, I, but go to the gym. Okay. So Mr. Arkansas hasn't lifted weights in seven years. That gives us all hope. We can all look good and, and be successful and we don't have to lift weights every day. That's, that's good to know. So you sold the supplement company and you went all in on tanning. By the time you went, those seven years you were doing tanning, how many stores had you opened up in those seven years, the glow tanning uh, from 09 to 16? Um, so I had four at the time. So it took me from two, we, we officially opened in 2000, February, 2010, um, started building in 2009. So I didn't actually open location number two to 2015. Because um, at the time I had five different or four, no, no, five different businesses. So I had like a laser removal company, a marketing company, uh, the supplement store, the tanning, and then also a, um, a limo company. So I had five businesses. Tanning was just like one of the five, you know, not really like so much of a focus. Um, and then I just kind of, you know, realized, you know, you become, you know, a slave to many, master of none, and really just kind of limit my focus on, on one or two things. Um, so I ended up selling off, you know, a few things and, and limiting my focus just to the supplement store and the tanning. And in 2016, I sold the supplement store and just went 100% on tanning. Okay, so the tanning stores, did you name it Glow Tanning to begin with, or did that get yeah, rebranded? Yeah, 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 I, I named it, designed it in 2009. Right, so, so Glow Tanning, you had one store for, for five years, then you had a second store, then you went all in on tanning, and you have 75 locations across 13 states now. So I, I imagine that that that, that happened uh, gradually. So when did you go from one to two to two to th four and four to whatever? T tell me yeah. about how that growth happened. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, one, 2010, two, 2015, by 2016, it's about four, 2018, seven. I actually sold uh, four, five of the seven um, plant, you know, I had a the biggest company in the, in the, you know, in the world, in our industry, um, came out and was like, Hey, we want to buy you. And I said, I wasn't interested. And they wrote a check that, you know, you can't say no to. So <clears throat> I was planned on actually exiting completely. Only reason I didn't sell the other two stores is because I just opened those stores within a year. Um, and it didn't make financial sense based on, you know, the, the, the X, um, you know, the, the EBITDA, uh, X amount that they were willing to give. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just build those stores up and then sell it to them. And then I ended up, you know, because uncle Sam and, you know, taxes and all that ended up saying, Hey, you know, I'll kind of 1031 exchange it, um, into more salons to avoid, you know, paying the taxes on what I just got paid and ended up buying, um, you know, like eight locations in Oklahoma city. And then from there, so that was end of 2018. So basically 2019 until now is literally like two to, you know, 75 plus. And are these all owned by you or are you franchise? Is this now officially a franchise? It's officially a franchise. So we started franchise 2019. Um, 
I, you know, I own a, a good amount, but um, the majority are, are franchise um, locations. Um, so that's why I said for 75 plus, uh, you know, some people were like, oh, why don't you just say the exact amount? Well, because I don't know. Um, cause we're literally caught, like we're about to open two stores in Nashville this year, um, where you're at. So it's literally like, we're constantly, you know, I, I negotiate every single lease, <clears throat> every single lease, every single buyout, um, that we do for buying a, another company out or whatever. Um, you know, right now I'm negotiating like 20 leases. So it's, it's very like fluid. Um, we can have, you know, hundred locations in six months. <laughs> we can, we can be at, you know, uh, you know, 80, 89 locations in six months. So. You know, I really don't know how many locations we have. I just know 75 plus. Yeah. So now, so, so where were you? So in 2019, you said you, you started doing the franchising. I can imagine based on what I little, I know about franchise law is that was not easy to do. So walk me through how you went from being the sole proprietor of, or, or LLC, however the structure was, but you were the guy owning these. And then you decided I'm going to franchise it and let you know, like mom and pops or individuals own this. Was that pretty difficult? And how did that work? Yeah. So if you go to like the legal, the technical side, um, it, there's a lot of things like, you know, obviously you go from having your brand, you know, you, you have to, you know, you get a copy uh, row or trademarked. Um, and then, you know, you have the franchise attorneys and you have to create your FTD and all that stuff. So that's one part of it, which, which really any smart person could probably figure out. Then there's the other part of it, which is getting something systems and processes in place to make sure that franchisees are successful and then also have something um, that you're actually selling. Right. So like those are your customers. So so it's like, OK, so, you know, what what is it that they're getting and why can you do it? Why can they do it better with you than they would be able on their own? So like what are they paying you for? Right. Um, so creating those systems and processes, which we already had, you know, those things in place, but it's actually making sure that's efficient, effective and as automated as possible. Um, and then now you're dealing with a bunch of different personalities and everything else. So, you know, for us, every single franchisee of ours is happy, um, which, I, you know, for as a franchise, that's pretty much unheard of. Um, but we've actually really limited our growth. So we have about a thousand applications a year. Uh, prior to the last like month and we would only accept like 10 out of a thousand um, probably you know two-thirds of them aren't you don't don't even qualify financially but then the other one-third is you know you have a bunch of people who are super high net worth individuals and they have the money but for us we are we need an operator um, so then when we figured out which we could talk about later on our employee program called own your future but, but you have to have an operator. So we've just basically turned people down because it's like, you know, if it's just about money, I would have a hundred locations myself personally, but it's not just about money. It's, it's about, you know, making sure that brand integrity and having an actual good operator so that it runs the way it's supposed to run. So let's talk about that because I think that's really interesting. So I, I love the idea of this own your future. You got to have an operator um, because you figure out how to get operators in place so that you could scale and be the sweatpant millionaire. <laughs> I, lo I love that, by the way, the sweatpant. Uh, follow him on Instagram at sweatpant underscore millionaire, sweatpant underscore millionaire. Um, but, but I love what I heard you say in that video that I saw. The guy was asking you these questions. You're like, here's how I scaled. I have to make sure that I'm not the business. I'm not the one running everything. Somebody else got to do it so that I can go grow 
the asset, build this asset in the business. So who was your first key operator to come in and help take the load off of you doing everything? Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. As an entrepreneur, I know that you have to deal with sales on a regular basis. I mean, every entrepreneur does. And if you aren't paying attention to sales as an entrepreneur, you're not going to be an entrepreneur for very long. But I've got a sponsor of this show called Dub that helps you bring the personal back to sales. If you want to figure out how to improve content creation, improve client trust, uh, improve your sales process, decrease the sales cycle, because we all know time kills deals. If you want to increase client bookings and increase conversions, you need to take a look at Dub. There's a special offer for Dub for listeners to the root of all success at therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub, and that's D-U-B-B. What Dub does, I've been using this for years. I'm a huge fan, and I'm so honored that they're our uh, primary sponsor of the podcast, but they have helped over 60,000 businesses around the world communicate better, to make sales easier, to make sales more personal. And it's built, Dub is built for growing teams. I mean, you can set up video emails, you can set up custom onboarding, you can do admin reporting, uh, anything you need around video and sales and automation, Dub is there. You can try Dub now. Your conversions to sales are waiting. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. And there you're going to get two weeks for free to try Dub. Plus, you're going to get 50% off your first two months of Dub. You can't, you can't beat that. So go check it out. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the yellow pages. You remember those things? <laughs> and 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door to door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content. Social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram Reels or TikTok or YouTube Shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? How, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't know what to talk about. Well, story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident in talking on video or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses. And then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions, they add the relevant hashtags, and they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly 
what you need to be in business today and to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that story with two Y's. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story, that's S-T-O-R-Y-Y, for 10% off your first three months to try story out. You're going to thank me later. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. Yeah, so um, uh, so when I had one location, it was um, this sorority girl uh, called Tyler Baumgartner who was, you know, a tri-delt. And she, super business minded, um, just kind of started off as a, just a normal employee. And uh, we ended up scaling from one to four locations. And she was the first person who actually like made me realize, okay, cool. Like, you know, you have to kind of, you know, step back, let other people take charge a little bit. And I thought at that time I was still a, um, you know, micromanager in a sense. So, you know, I was guest services. We have a guest services department with like 50 people that answer every single phone call that goes in the stores. Um, I was guest services at the time. I was, you know, inventory. I was HR. Um, you know, I was every single part of the business essentially. And and then I, you know, started to realize, okay, cool. I got to split these up, start bringing people in. And then probably 2019 truly is when I kind of really began to really master these things because it's like you can't do that for the size of the company that we were becoming, you know, because you go from two two locations to I want to say like 2000. So 2018 from like two locations, 2019, we're probably at like 19. So, you know, it's just not possible. So, so that's, that's kind of it. And then, and then right now uh, my right hand uh, is uh, Danae. Um, and, and she, you know, really kind of allowed me to kind of step back and I kind of went side, you know, hand, hand in hand with her, kind of like taught her over, you know, several years, how things are supposed to run and then able to kind of step back. So when did the, Financially, when did things really change for you? Um, so I would say there's like there's like different levels to it, right? Um, so so I would say um, you know my my head you know head down, not doing anything, living very like extremely modest, like you know no vacations, no pretty much you know as if I'm like um, you know on welfare basically. That's how I was living from 2010 to 2016 and then I kind of look up at 2016 and I'm like okay you're you're actually like you're a millionaire <laughs> and you know you're driving you know a Honda Accord and I went on and bought a, a Ferrari <laughs> you went from a Honda to a Ferrari yeah, yeah I went on and bought a Ferrari the house I was living in cost less than the Ferrari right so <laughs> So, so, you know, I just kind of just like, was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I was 28 at the time. Um, so, so I just, you know, went on and did that. And then I, you know, I bought it, bought like a, you know, pretty nice house in Fayetteville, Arkansas, where I was living at the time. And, you know, that was good. Our cash flow was really good, everything else. And then 2018, I sold those stores, you know, uh, multiple, multiple seven figures and, um, you know, uh, bought the big house, uh, you know, with the guest house on five acres in, in Arkansas and, um, also, you know, bought a Bentley and, you know, kind of started, you know, traveling the world and, you know, doing those type of things or whatever. That's 2018. And, and then kind of, you know, reinvest a lot of money as well, buying all these stores or whatever. 
and then I would say probably like the last couple of years, um, probably 2020 is when 2020, 2021 was when now the cash flow is extremely crazy. And now I'm like diversifying my money even outside of what I'm doing, you know, as well. And there's nothing that I want to do that I can't do. So now it's like a whole different level. You know, back then it's like it's an achievement to, you know, you know, when I bought the Ferrari, that was like an achievement. Right. Like, OK, cool. Like, you know, I'm able to do something for myself now. Those things don't those things don't don't like move the needle in terms of like how you you know, like if I went out and bought another Ferrari, like I wouldn't even like um, it, you know, tomorrow I wouldn't like feel any better about myself. <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> From Honda to Ferrari. Well, here's what I think is interesting, an interesting perspective. And this is an encouragement for the listeners is that it, if you're if you're an entrepreneur and a business owner and you're doing things right, well, obviously, Ani, you were doing things right. Um, I have a I have a story very similar to that. I was doing things right. And at some point you look up and you have the same realization that you had. Oh, I'm a millionaire because people think. I know that pre-millionaire status for most people, people think, well, millionaires, they have a million dollars of cash sitting in their bank account. They got a million dollars of cash sitting in, their, in a sock under the mattress or something. But that's not That's not what, when you become a millionaire, that's not really what it is. It's asset. It starts with assets. And then the cash comes later. But going from, like as, as this is called, from Honda to Ferrari, in that moment of realization, whoa, wait a minute, I have millions of dollars of assets in these companies. It's time to start reaping the rewards. But but I would think, and you could tell me if I'm right or not, I would think that probably it was that moment of realization that also made you go, I can't be the guy anymore. I've got to get, as you said, Danae, and I forget the lady. The other lady Tyler, Tyler, Tyler and Danae, yep. Oh, yeah. So I, So you've got these people. I've got to rely on them to build this thing up. Because again, Going back to that video, I wish I could find that video. And it, were, were you tagged as a collaborator in that video? If you know the one I'm talking about, no, no I think they tagged me in the caption. So you're just tagged, but you're not a collaborator. So I, I need to go find that video and watch it again because I was really impressed about that. But I, I would say, people go follow Sweatpant Millionaire on Instagram. Check out what he's saying because you know he he does have the nice things and he is being able to do. There's nothing he can't do that he doesn't want to do financially, but he couldn't have ever accomplished this. If he just stayed the operator and that's the yeah. moral of the story, right? Yep, absolutely. So, so, um, and the, the people posted that was school of hard knocks, um, which they like, you just go interview business owners. Um, and they came to Dallas. So they interviewed you know, a bunch of people and in their, on their YouTube video, it's kind of crazy. Cause they went to Highland park village, which is like, you know, top 10 richest, um, air cities in America. And uh, like this like shopping area and they saw like the CEO of Frito-Lay just walking around the OC of Neiman Marcus just walking around. Dallas has a lot of money and it's a lot of very unassuming people that you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't assume or anybody. And, and they were able to get those interviews organically. Um, but, um, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, to, to that, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, it's super important to be able to put people in positions and make sure that they feel a sense of ownership, right? Whether it's actual ownership or just, um, or or just people who take pride in what they do, right? And and being able to step out. And I always tell people, I'm like, hey, listen, like, somebody says that they're a business owner, but 97% of business owners are not actual business owners. 
you're really sole proprietors. Um, because if you are, you know, anytime I see somebody that says like, you know, Instagram will say entrepreneur under your, your name. Um, yeah. but if they actually put in their tag entrepreneur, typically it's like a lash tech, you know, and like nothing wrong with lash techs or no, you know, whatever, but they don't have a business because a business is something that you can buy and sell. If you're a lash tech, what are you selling? You can sell like leftover lashes or your chair. But if you're the person who's actually doing the lashes for every single customer you have, there's literally nothing to sell. You can maybe sell your client list, but more than likely your customers are going to say, nope, I only want you to touch my lashes. I don't want anybody else to. So you're not actually a business. You're just a sole proprietor, right? So a lot of people are working in their business, not on their business. Um, and, and it's like, how do you, you know, take yourself out of it? And that's a very, um, difficult thing for most people to learn how to do. Um, so kind of like what your shirt says, you know, exit without exiting. So it's like, how do you, how do you exit yourself? Right. And still retain, you know, ownership of your business and, and the benefit because you're the one who's, who's built it to where it's at and getting yourself to that, to that uh, position. Man, you are, you're speaking my language, dude. This is, uh, I know we don't know each other, but this, this is my book exit without exiting is what I wrote. I wrote this book to teach people how to do what you're doing and to see somebody doing it uh, at the level that you're doing it, man. Just congrats, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm so happy for you. Um, I, I, I'm glad that we're having this conversation on the show today. And I want to, want to figure out how we can collaborate because your message needs to be told to more people as a, as a, as a place to encourage people. I mean, just think about it. some, some bodybuilder somewhere, can look at you and go, that dude went from bodybuilding to multimillionaire. He went from a Honda to a Ferrari. Like how do I do that? And they can't do it by being the operator. That's the whole point. That's the moral of the story. You got to operate it for a while, but that's not going to lead you to the lifestyle that you truly want. You got to get out of that. I, what I tell people only is that you, you got to get out of owner operator and become owner investor. And once you make that transition from owner operator to owner investor, that's when life starts changing. And that's what I've done too. You, you own, you still have these other companies. You had laser hair removal, marketing limo, you know, do you still have any of those too? Um, no. And yes. So like, uh, laser and, uh, marketing, actually my brother owns, um, my brother owns by himself. Um, and then for the limo service and everything else, I actually just started back up a, um, you know, a chauffeur service, uh, in Dallas because I have a personal driver and I, cause I just kind of realized like, you know, uh, so I've had one for a couple of years. I just kind of realized my corporate office is in Oklahoma city. And I realized I spend so much time driving sometimes. Um, and I, you know, I, I fly a lot, probably 200 flights a year. Um, so I spend so much time traveling, driving and everything else. And it's just like, it's way more effective. I can get way more done by, letting somebody else drive. So I have like a, you know, a Metris van, a Sprinter, um, yeah, uh, you know, the Cullinan and all that, all of these are made for you to be driven in. So I was able to just kind of like delegate out even the driving part of it. And then because I like cars and everything else, uh, you know, I just ordered like the Maybach. Um, I was like, okay, well I can actually make it to where I can have these things pay for themselves. Right. Yep. Um, I don't care about making any money, but you know, I have the driver, I have the cars, um, so I just like, you know, created a website, basically created a business. Uh, it's called DFD, DFW Executive Transportation. And they can basically just book. It's only with the driver because I don't want anybody driving my cars. <laughs> so, so it's only with the driver um, and, you know, help 
pay for my driver, help pay for the cars, and it kind of just is a wash. That's great, man. Yeah, I remember there were several years ago, this is BC, before COVID, I had an office in Memphis, and I was doing a lot of business in Chattanooga as well. And of course, I live in Nashville. And I, I too was like, man, I'm driving, I'm just spending these, spending my, uh, spending this time driving, I'm losing productivity time. So I hired a driver to drive me back and forth for a while. And it was great. They would just drive my car. I'd sit in the back seat, laptop, I'd be working. So get two and a half, three hours worth of work done. So leveraging out those things that you're already going to be doing uh, to, to, to help you. That's, that's great. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you some specific questions while we get ready to finish up the show today. So if you had to isolate all of your success down to one key thing, which I know we've talked about a key thing already about not being an operator. Um, what would that be? If you said, Hey, this was the key. I had lots of things that helped me. What's the one key to your success? Whew, that's hard. Um, actually like pinned on my Instagram, I have like my seven keys to success. Um, but I would say out of those seven, um, probably I'd have to, I'd have to go with two. All right. Go give him. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to even go to, but, um, I'll <laughs> say, I would say, um, gratitude. Number one, um, number two, no ego. Um, so I have no ego. Um, people confuse, conflate ego and pride. I'm very prideful, but I have no ego. Like ego is basically thinking that what you think is important or thinking, you know, essentially like that you're right always. So <clears throat> I always go into things thinking that I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And, and I, I listen, um, and I let people kind of like, you know, figure things out. And then the only thing that I'm just very much, uh, you know, I'm like radically open-minded. So, um, which is like a Ray Dalio principle, um, which is one of my top three prints, uh, business books. Um, and so it's like only things that I'm not open-minded about are things that I've already done. And I know for a fact that I'm right outside of that. I never go into anything assuming that I am correct. Um, so, so I, I think those, and then number three would probably be, um, you know, delegating, uh, which is what we're talking about. That's right. And that's actually the first thing I talk about in the, my, my book. And when I teach my clients is you got to embrace delegation. So I'm glad to hear you say that it's part of your keys to success. Well, how do you define that, that term only? How do you, how do you say, this is what success is to me? Yeah. So that's, that's super hard. So until, until probably about a year ago, um, if somebody would say, Oh, how did you become successful? You know, whatever I'll say, I don't even consider that, you know, and maybe I was like, you know, being humble or fake humble or whatever. Right. <laughs> and saying, no, I don't consider myself successful, whatever. <laughs> um, but, but obviously, you know, if I said that now, people would be like, shut the hell up, you know, like, you know, obviously whatever. Um, but success to me, success is different, right? So for every single person, some people success is monetary. And at, at the beginning success for me was monetary. Right. So it's like, so then once I achieve the level of success where monetarily I can do whatever I want, it's like, okay, well, what do you still consider success? Um, so I think success to me truly is freedom and just doing whatever I want to do. So like, it's what, you know, people have asked me like, what does what pay millionaire mean? And that means I don't dress up for anybody. Um, if I go to a meeting, you know, I used to just go a Mr. O shirt and, and sweatpants and slides. And I don't care who I was meeting with. I can meet with the president of the University of Arkansas. Doesn't don't matter. Like I, I don't care. Like I'm gonna show up how I am. And the way I've always looked at it too is like in the realization that I came to that, um, 
is several things. It's like, I'm not tap dancing for anybody. That's one. And then number two is any person I meet with for the most part, um, previously, like now, you know, I meet like say with you, um, but any person I met with previously, I mean, they work for me. Like when I say they work for me, I'm saying if I meet with you and you're a plumber, if I pay you, you work for me. Right. So, so the only, the only people that I work for my customers, my franchisees. Um, so it's like, if you work for me, what am I dressing up for you for? (laughs) so so i just you know i'm I'm, kind of so that that was just my philosophy on is like being able to do whatever i want go wherever i want not be constructed or um constricted to any you know any one area um and um and that's really it that that to me success if i made five if i made 10 million dollars a year and i had to go to the office that wouldn't be success I would, I'd rather make $40,000 a year and not have to do that. Nice. Um, so, so to me that that's what success is. Beautiful man. Now, so based on that definition, do you consider yourself to be successful? Uh, based on that definition? Absolutely. All right. I love it. I love it. So now let's, uh, let's finish up with a piece of advice. I want you to kind of look deep into the camera, act like you're talking directly to the listeners. And I want you to give them that one thing that they need to do if they want to become successful like the sweatpant millionaire? What's, what's one piece of advice you have for them? Who, um, really kind of going back to the keys that we talked about. So, you know, um, don't be greedy. A hundred percent of nothing is, is, is still nothing. Uh, learn to delegate, no ego, gratitude, uh, live in the moment, but also plan for the future. Uh, those, those would be, those would be the things that I would say. I love it, man. Well, listen, Ani, congrats on your, your phenomenal success. You got a, uh, you got a big head start in life for people that are looking at this. I didn't get started as an entrepreneur until I was in my late thirties. So, uh, so I'm, I'm, I, I'm sitting here looking at you going, dude, man, where, what happened to me? Like, where, why did I not get into this stuff? So congratulations on what you've accomplished. Congratulations on continuing to build a successful empire with glow tanning. So people can go check it out at glow tanning. That's G L O T A N N I N G.com glow tanning.com. Maybe you want to become a franchisee. Maybe you want to look at, at helping, uh, helping yourself become free and then also helping Oni continue to build his, uh, his empire. And I think that's uh, those are two things that help one another get to where we want to go. So thank you so much for being on the show, man. It's such an honor and a pleasure to know you and I uh, hope our paths will cross again real soon. So thanks a lot. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Man, there you have it. A very successful entrepreneur sharing his story, going from Mr. Arkansas to Mr. Millionaire to Sweatpant Millionaire. Follow him on Instagram at sweatpant underscore millionaire. But, but I'm going from Honda to Ferrari. This is the option that you have as an entrepreneur. You can do this. But I'm telling you, if just like he said, if you had to show up every day and work 40 hours a week, doesn't matter how much money you made, is it really worth it? Don't you want to spend your money on the lifestyle that you want? Like that's what Exit Without Exiting provides. And I know, again, he didn't go through my program, but he did it on his own. He did what we're talking about. One of his keys was delegation which is what I talk about in my book right here, Exit Without Exiting. You can go get a copy of this at therealjasonduncan.com slash book. So go check it out. It's an investment that you can make into your future to learn how to live the lifestyle that that Oni lived and that I live and that dozens of other of my clients live 
this how to get out of being the owner operator, become the owner investor. So go check that out. Make sure you follow Oni. Go to sweatpant underscore millionaire. And if you're interested in getting into the franchise business, you know, he's got a great franchise with Glow Tanning. Check that out at glotanning.com, glotanning.com. But a big thanks, Oni, for coming on the show. Uh, I think he's he and I are going to be doing some stuff together. We talked post-show uh, uh, before I recorded this, of course, but we talked post-show right after the interview about him coming to Nashville and doing some stuff with me here with some of my clients in the Exeter Club. So if you're interested in doing some more stuff with him directly, once you go apply to be a part of my Exeter Club, are you ready to learn how to do this? Do you want to get your business that place? So if your business is doing around $3 million or more in revenue, and you're a man, and you're the founder of that business, and you're running that business, and you're trying to figure out how to get the heck out of daily operations so that you can go from Honda to Ferrari or whatever you want to drive, then go check out the Exeter Club. That's theexeterclub.com. That's T-H-E-E-X-I-T-E-R, exeter.com, exeterclub.com. Apply. Let's have a conversation. Let's see if you qualify for membership. Let's get you in, and then you can have some time one-on-one with people just like Oni that he was on the show today. So again, big thanks to Oni for being on the show. Thank you for listening to the show, for subscribing and for leaving those killer reviews. I've seen some new ones come through. Thank you so much. It means so much to me that you've done this, but uh, make sure you turn it, uh, make sure you tune in again next time when I talk with yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, I am the real Jason Duncan. And as always, Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.